First overall pick, Yuroslav Kopsky gets his first NHL goal. We've got some interesting and strange early season statistics and a look at the weekend ahead. All of that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And happy Friday, everybody, and welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. I am Gil Martin. You can find me on Twitter at IceWarsNYRVSNYI. And like every Friday, I am joined by Rachel Donner. You can find her on Twitter at RMiriam. And I want to thank everyone for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Rachel, happy Friday. Happy Friday. Man, another fun week of NHL action. Yeah, gotta love it. And and now, you know, we're sort of fully into regular season mode. It's not so new that you know, we're getting into the rhythm of the season now. The schedule is kind of normalizing, and we're starting to see some trends. But wanted to start today with Yuri uh, Slavkovsky, first pick in this year's NHL draft, getting his first career NHL goal. Yeah, it was a good one. Uh, a real nice turnaround and, and shoot move and I got to say my favorite thing about of it about it was his expression <laughs> afterwards. He just had this wide-eyed look like, oh, my God, I actually did it. I scored an NHL goal. And um, he was, like, really, really pumped up afterwards as well. And it was nice that he was able to get it in a win for the Habs. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was like a battle of the quote-unquote basement dwellers between the Canadians and the Arizona Coyotes. And so um, a lot of action in that one. But yeah, happy for Yaroslavkovsky. Um, you know, been following him for a while now and was excited when he got picked first overall. And I'm pretty happy for Habs fans that they get to have him on their team. Absolutely. And then, you know, the Canadiens, Three and two after five games, which has to surprise a few people. Uh, say what you want about the, the talent level or where this team is in their rebuilding program, but it looks like Martin St. Louis is maximizing the available talent right now. Yeah, I think, you know, that's been the thing with the Habs and Marty is that it's just like, this magic thing that he's able to do with that team and, and getting the most out of them, like you said. And I, I think that, uh, you know, things will settle down as they will across the league. I think, you know, everything sort of regresses to the mean as they say, <laughs> but uh, I think for now, you know, for a team that's supposed to be, you know, near the, the bottom of the league, when you're playing another team like that, and you win handily, like six to two. I think that shows that, you know, there's maybe more there than meets the eye. And they're doing a really good job there 
of playing the young kids and giving them opportunities. And I think that's what's important. Yeah, I think so too. This is how you grow and, and, and get the team into the next level of your rebuilding program. And, and I think, especially with a young team like Montreal, getting off to a good start is a big boost for confidence. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, also having leaders, like I can't believe Nick Suzuki is a leader on this team. But it's <laughs> like, where did the time go? But, uh, you know, I think that he uh, it came through in that game as well. And I think that he is really going to stand out this season overall, especially, you know, in, in the situation that Montreal is in right now. I, I think you're right about that. And also last night in the NHL, the San Jose Sharks getting their first win of the season after five straight losses to open it up. And they do it in dramatic fashion in overtime. Yeah, I will happily admit to being wrong about this one. You know, I was talking about the Sharks over on Lockdown Flyers because they're going to play the Flyers on Sunday. And I was like, well, you know, they could be coming into their game against the Flyers having not won yet. It's very possible. But because uh, so, I thought for sure that the Rangers would beat them. Um, the Devils, I'm not so sure about, you know, where they, they go next. But I, I think that uh, they certainly surprised me, especially at Madison Square Garden. Did not expect that either. And you always got to love a dramatic overtime winner. No question about that. couple of teams that maybe had higher expectations but are off to disappointing starts Tampa Bay Lightning, one and three after four games. I don't think too many people expected that. And then the Minnesota Wild, also one and three after four games. The thing that has me a little bit concerned in Minnesota is the goal differential. They are a minus seven. Yeah, that, that's a huge problem for them. And I think that it's a... It's interesting because, you know, you also mention the um, Tampa Bay Lightning and, you know, having had the Flyers play the Lightning recently and win, I, I think that we forget that Tampa had a slow start before and have come on. And they're a team that tends to peak in the right moments. And so I'm not really worried about Tampa at all. And I, I feel like with the Wild... I'm less confident than I am in Tampa in terms yeah. of leveling things out, but I think overall they will get there. I think just there's, there were some changes in the wild this year and it just takes a while for teams to, to settle out. And that's what makes some of the early season really fun for me is that really weird things tend to happen like this, but uh, I do have faith in both of those teams that they will kind of climb their way back to whatever their sense of normalcy is. <laughs> Hopefully for those fans, uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, some news out of Detroit also, and the Red Wings are off to a 2-0-1 start, but Jakob Verana leaving the team, entering the player assistance program. Uh, certainly we wish him all the best for whatever it is that he's seeking assistance for. Yeah, I, you know, it, it's always tough when these things happen, but I appreciate that the league has this program and that, you know, 
aren't required to tell us what's going on and just, you know, go through whatever they need to go through and come back when they're ready. Yeah. And uh, again, we wish Verona all the best and, and hopefully it goes smoothly for him. Injuries already cropping up, even though we're only in week two of the season. The, the Avalanche announcing that Gabriel Landeskog will miss 12 weeks after undergoing knee surgery. Uh, I mean, he probably won't be back till 2023. Yeah, that's a tough one for the Avs. I think, you know, it's just when you have like one of your top players like that. Now with the Avs, they're lucky in that they're, they have a lot of depth and a lot of scoring that comes from other places. So I'm not too worried about them, but I think it, we'll see what he's like and how his recovery goes. But again, you know, with the Avs being a team that peaks at the right time, I think that as long as he comes back in plenty of time to get back into like at least close to his 100% by the time the playoffs hit, they'll be fine. Yeah, I think the depth on that team will serve them well. The leadership of Landeskog will be a little tougher, I think, to replace. Mm -hmm. And then two defensemen uh, with injuries, Jake Muzzin of the Maple Leafs, a neck injury. Neck injuries, always tricky. And then Aaron Ekblad in uh, Florida, going to miss some time as well. Yeah, I think the Ekblad injury is going to be pretty significant. Florida is really suffering on the blue line side of things right now. And that could have a really significant impact on the remainder of their season and, you know, what uh, other teams can do to take advantage of that. I mean, again, you know, I, I hate to keep bringing it back to the Flyers, but they did play Florida recently um, in, in the day after they announced the Ekblad injury. and. You know, I mean, Florida is a very, very good team, but you could see the holes there defensively and you could see where a team maybe slightly better than the Flyers could take advantage of that if, you know, you have more speed and could just cut through that blue line. And if you turn Florida's game from a north-south game into an east-west game, I think that's where, you know, the Achilles heel is going to show. Yeah, and I, I think when you add the fact that there was a lot of roster turnover with the Panthers during the offseason, you knew they were going to have to take a little time early to adjust to their new teammates. This is another curveball for them in that adjustment process. Absolutely. Well, we've got a lot more to talk about on today's show. We're going to look at some interesting early season statistics, and we'll talk about the week ahead but first, Rachel, why don't you talk to us about our friends at Bet Online? Bet Online is your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You can find all the latest player developments, your matchups, news, podcasts, all of the in depth articles and analysis on every NFL game you can find, plus college football as well. Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information. They've got live betting, esports, up to the minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite events, including the MLB playoffs. You got MMA, boxing, golf, and of course, the NHL. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. Bet Online, where the game starts. Oh, 
Okay, and we want to thank you again for making Locked On NHL your first listen today. Now make your second listen game-to-game NHL. Every moment, every top performance, every result, Locked On Game-to-Game covers every game from across the National Hockey League with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow game-to-game on Locked On NHL. It's available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. So, Rachel, here we are a couple of weeks into the season, and we've got some interesting statistics cropping up around the league. Why don't you lead us off as we take a look at some of these, uh, you know, rather unusual statistics, even though we are only about four or five games into the new year? This is the fun part of the early hockey season for me is looking at the, you know, the scoring leaderboards and saying who should be there and who isn't there or who shouldn't be there, but is because of a fluke of some early success or early failures for that matter. Uh, Looking at goaltending in terms of, you know, who's the last remaining goalie to have, you know, all wins and watching those sorts of things as the season gets underway is, is super fun for me, but, you know, starting to dig into the numbers, you cannot get worried about most of these things yet. But uh, one of the things that jumped out to me, the Colorado avalanche, you know, we've been talking about them on the show a lot already, but they're above 50% in their power play at 53.6%. But they're also 50% on the penalty kill, which is absolute madness. <laughs> like, it's like a tale of two cities there. Yeah, it's it's all or nothing. Uh, special teams, both a boon and a bust for the Avalanche early on in the season. And, and you know, again, I, I think in a small sample size, you kind of expect, okay, their power play with all the talent that they have and, you know, Kale McCarr, Certainly one of the better quarterbacks of the power play out there. Yeah, you can understand them being above 50%, but on the PK, uh, that's mm-hmm. not something that anyone expected from the defending Stanley Cup champions. No, not at all. And, you know, looking at kind of the opposite side of things in terms of, you know, the downside of some of these special teams stats. The Columbus Blue Jackets still have no power play goals this season. Uh, 13 chances, one shorthanded goal against. So they're still looking for that first one. Yeah, that's uh, pretty ugly. And, uh, you know, minus one on the power play through five games, not where you want to be. And uh, the Blue Jackets uh, have to figure out a way to, to, to do better. And again, five games out of 82, small sample size, but wow. And Nashville, not much better through six games, a 3.7% success rate. That's not going to win you too many uh, championships either. No, and interestingly enough, those two teams played each other last night with Columbus prevailing. Uh, I believe they came from behind in this one, but they won 5-3. Uh, to three. And uh, so it's like battle of attrition here. Yeah, exactly. And yet on the penalty kill, we still have four teams who have yet to give up a power play goal. Now, St. Louis has only played two games, but Detroit, St. Louis, San Jose, and the New York Islanders all still perfect on the PK at this point in the season. Yeah, the Sharks are the most interesting 
of those teams to me because yeah, they are a hundred percent on the penalty kill. Uh, they've been shorthanded 20 times so far this season. And yet they have only won a single game. And that was their first win that they got last night at Madison square gardens. So go figure. It, and, and then you sort of think to yourself, wow, what if the penalty kill was just average? Where would they be right. one in five, you know? So uh, but, uh, you know, hopefully they can build off that win. A, a road win at Madison Square Garden against a pretty good Ranger team is something that they might be able to build on. Uh, I know you're hoping not against your Flyers, but... Uh, that is true, yes. You know, uh, some other stats that you're looking at at this early part of the season. Yeah, I was just talking about a comeback win for Columbus and just looking at comeback wins overall. I'm a little focused on it again because of the Flyers. Uh, the Flyers have come back to win three times and the Toronto Maple Leafs are tied with the Flyers for the most comeback wins with three. And I think that, you know, the Leafs, the Leafs are always an adventure when it comes to expectation. But I think that, you know, they've shown that they can come back when they're down. And, you know, if you want to focus on them getting down early, then as, as much as the comeback part of things, I think, you know, that you got to take both hand in hand here. And I think that that shows that, you know, the Leafs do have a battle this season. And I think that's really good. Yeah, no question about that. It's something that, you know, people may have had some questions about heading into the season, and yet there they are. So that's uh, always a positive sign for them. How about uh, what, what other stats are you looking at right now? Well, one of the teams that, you know, we've talked about in terms of being concerned about is the Minnesota Wild. And uh, they have the most goals against per game right now at 5.75, which is massive. Like, I think that's really the crux of it here is that, I mean, it sounds so simplistic, but you got to score more goals than the other team to win games. <laughs> and, you know, if you're allowing that many goals, like they really have to tighten up defensively. And especially like if they're not getting the goaltending that they need, that's where, you know, it has to be a team defensive structure that will keep them in these games. Because right now, they're not even giving themselves a chance. Yeah, and, uh, you know, that doesn't bode well. And you would think goaltending on that team would be pretty solid overall. Yeah, yeah. And so I think it's a combination of those things that you have to really look at and say, you know, how do we turn things around here in an effective way? Um, I think, you know, on the opposite end of things, the, the Boston Bruins have been honestly one of the most fun teams to watch this season overall. I hate saying that, but it's true. <laughs> I love Krejci being back on the team. Patrice Bergeron is off to having him back, you know, I, I mean... know, I know. I love like, honestly, again, I hate to say it, but I love it. And I'm having fun watching the Boston Bruins. Don't tell anybody I said that, but um, <laughs> But they have the most goals so far this season with 22. I think that's, uh, you know, it just goes to show you that they're just in a really good spot right now. And I think that they have this, like, they're re-energized this season in a, in a season where a lot of people expected them to finally, you know, start taking a step back and moving toward a rebuild, you know, in the near future. I think it's a lot of fun that they're playing really well. Absolutely. I had to ask you also about one, the only team without a win 
right now in the league. The Vancouver Canucks, 0-3-2. Now, they've played all their games on the road so far. But to be winless after five games, here's a team that a lot of people thought would be fighting for a playoff spot. How surprised are you by, you know, their situation and a, a minus seven goal differential through five games, no wins? Yeah, I I think that people are starting to get worried in Vancouver. I mean, they've been worried, but I think that it's um, there's just, I think, a complete failure happening on that team right now that like no part of their game is really stepping up to support maybe some of the weaker parts. And I, I think that they really need to do a level reset in order to turn things around there. And believe me, like I've been there with, with different teams in terms of, you know, being in that kind of mode and it, it's not enjoyable. I will say that, but I think that it is possible this, this early, there's still plenty of time to really turn things around. And, um, with Bruce Boudreaux as head coach, I think, you know, he does have the ability to do that. Oh, absolutely. A absolutely. He does. And it just becomes a question of whether or not he can do it. I, I always have been a big fan of Bruce Boudreaux. I'm looking at these statistics and one uh, individual player, and I don't like to call out necessarily individual players, but here, here is a weird stat through four games. Kiro Kiprasov of the Minnesota Wild has four goals and eight points, but he's a minus seven. That is almost impossible. Yeah, I did see that as well. And I was, you know, Kaprizov is such a talented guy. And I think that that's like part of the problem with Minnesota, right? That we were just talking about that I think that, you know, you could have all that kind of talent in the world, but if you don't have good defensive structures, it doesn't matter because you got to score more goals than, than you allow. And they're not doing that right now. No, no question. Um, any other stats you wanted to hit on before we uh, transition? Uh, I don't think so. Those were like most of the things that I saw that were interesting to me. And, you know, I think that, yeah, as the stats sort of level out uh, over the season, things will sort of normalize and we'll be able to see who really are the standouts this season and where right. the, the trouble spots are. But we'll give that like another month or so before we really evaluate seriously. Yeah, when we get closer to American Thanksgiving, we'll know who's mm -hmm. real and who who is not. So we have got more to get to on today's show. A busy weekend of hockey action ahead. We'll have that and more coming up on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. So, Rachel, we have a busy schedule ahead of us this weekend. Looking forward to a lot of these games. What stands out to you? Uh, let's start with tonight, Friday night. I mean, I'm looking at Tampa Bay and Florida, Battle of uh, the Sunshine mm -hmm. State. That, to me, is always an interesting game. Yeah, interestingly, it's the ESPN Plus slash Hulu game. So it's right. not on national TV, like normal national TV, which I get why they're doing that. But uh, like that's a game that you want as many eyes on as possible. And uh, but, you know, they're they're keeping it to the ESPN Plus audience, I guess. But oof, should be a good one, though. 
Yeah, and then Detroit, Chicago. I mean, the the Blackhawks kind of, you know, not expected to do well, but that's a great rivalry game. Two two traditional original six teams going at it, and uh, it should be a good atmosphere in Chicago for that one. Absolutely, and uh, I know that the guys talked about the reverse retros on yesterday's show, but I think uh, those are probably uh, the two, one of the two worst ones. <laughs> and um, I'm just imagining a game between those two teams with them both wearing their reverse retros because they're Ooh. so similar. It's like how yeah. can they pull each other apart? <laughs> That would be, I, I hope they wouldn't do that, but we, we have to see. Uh, yeah, that would be a little bit scary. Saturday, a much fuller slate. Uh, thir- what is it, 13 games I'm looking at? Well, three, six, nine. Yeah, 13 games, uh, including uh, four matinees, which uh, isn't all that typical. But, uh, you know, Minnesota trying to turn things around going up against Boston, that that will be an interesting one o'clock Eastern time start. Yeah, there's like two. Well, if we're talking Eastern time, there's like two one o'clock games, two four o'clock games. So at least that spread out a little bit. But uh, yeah, that Minnesota at Boston game, it could go either way. It could have Minnesota turn things around or Boston could continue their winning ways. Um, yeah, and the then other, go ahead. I'm sorry. The other matinee is San Jose at New Jersey that I talked about earlier, and uh, New Jersey had a rough first couple of games, but then have kind of settled a little bit. And with San Jose winning last night, maybe they're re-energized, and a team like the Devils is a perfect team to pick off to get that second win. So. I think that should be honestly an interesting matchup, even though you might not think so on the face of it. And I like the one of the four o'clock games, St. Louis in Edmonton, St. Louis, you know, off to a strong start and and Edmonton always exciting to watch and dangerous. This one should be an entertaining hockey game. Yeah, I think definitely more so than the other four o'clock game, which is Arizona (laughs) at Ottawa. But uh, you know, some fun hockey nonetheless in the afternoon. It's where like the evening is where things really take off for me. Um, I'm really interested in that Kings at Caps game. Yes, I think you know the Caps have had some struggles this season so far. You know, the Kings have been a little bit of a mixed bag to start off the season, but have had some success as well. And this is a, you know, a team on the rise supposedly against a team that could be in the last days of their, you know, peak period. And so to watch these two kinds of teams play each other is always fun. Yeah. And then the early game for hockey night in Canada, Toronto in Winnipeg, always a a, a good matchup. Here's a non-traditional matchup that I had my eye on. Carolina in Calgary. That's a 10 o'clock Eastern time start. Yeah, the the two 10 o'clock games, uh, or two of the three, are the most interesting to me. The Carolina at Calgary is going to be phenomenal. I think uh, that's going to be a real test to see where these two teams are in the league overall kind of standings and, and how they're doing early going. Both teams are playing very well right now. And so that should be a lot of fun, but Colorado at Vegas, you know, I think Vegas is outperforming expectations so far 
a little bit. And so to see those two teams go up against each other, they have a, a real strong rivalry going as well. And uh, so it's like if you can stay up to 10 o'clock Eastern or you're out West where it's a normal time to start watching yeah. a game, I think, you know, having a, a two screen thing up with those two games will be a lot of fun. Yeah, Sunday, five games on tap, including uh, one matinee at 2 o'clock. But, uh, you know, a couple of games jump out at me. Let's start with Columbus and the Rangers. Yeah, I think that'll be a lot of fun to watch as well. Uh, I want to really get a sense of where Columbus is right now. And I, I think that playing a team like the Rangers is a perfect opportunity to do that. Haven't had a ton of chances to watch Columbus play this season so far. And so that is absolutely one that I want to tune into. And um, because we kind of know where the Rangers are in terms of, you know, excelling this season so far, despite that overtime loss last night. But uh, yeah, this, this should be a good, I think, data collection game. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then our two teams also both in action on Sunday, the Islanders down in Florida for a second crack at the Panthers and the San Jose Sharks visiting the Flyers in Philadelphia. Your thoughts on those games? Uh, Sunday's going to be a very stressful day for Philadelphia sports fans. Uh, the Phillies are playing the Padres <laughs> that afternoon <laughs> and then uh, going straight into Flyers Sharks. Um, I believe the Wells Fargo Center is having sort of a watch party for the Phillies. So if you want to come early to the game, I think that's a lot of fun that they're doing that. But uh, yeah, I think that that's going to be an interesting matchup with the Flyers coming off a back-to-back both teams it'll be the second half of a back-to-back uh, but the Sharks will be coming just up the road from New Jersey and the Flyers will be coming in from Nashville so I think that that'll be a challenge for the Flyers even facing a team like the Sharks who is definitely tanking for Bedard this year but uh, yeah Islanders Florida should be a good one too should be. Uh, Islanders disappointed in their season opener at home. Now they're down in Florida. Back-to-back game for the Islanders. A day off for Florida beforehand. But uh, without Ekblad, it'll probably be a little bit closer. want to thank everyone again for making Locked On NHL your first listen today. Now make your second listen Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone bring you the fantasy edge and keep you ahead of the competition with daily updates of news analysis and advice Monday through Friday. It's available on YouTube, Odyssey, and wherever you get podcasts. That's going to do it for this episode of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone, and thanks for listening.